the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to Wine Women Radio, where we discuss what we're drinking and what's happening in the wine industry. Pour yourself a glass and enjoy the show. Well, it's Wine Women Radio, folks, and uh, as we were just discovering off the air, we're, we're uh, a little bit of a group of M's here. So I'm Marcia Maycumber. Misty Rodebush Kane. And we've got Mandy Donovan as one of our guests. Hello, Hello Mandy. Hello. It's great to have you here it's from, great. is it Marisi? It is. Marisi. Yeah. And we're going to learn about where that name comes from. Um, your hint listeners about that name is, think Caravaggio. Exactly. And go from there. But we'll learn more about that in a second. Um, so we're the three M's of the group. It but doesn't then we, stop there. It doesn't stop there. We've also got Joe Diaz here from Diaz Communications. Joe, thank you for being here. Happy to be here. And it's really a Joe's uh, part two of Joe's show because uh, we're going to be talking a lot about Petit Sarah uh, and uh, how much we love Petit Sarah. And we've got Theodora's here, Theopolis Wines. We are so happy to be thank here. Thank you. For being here, Theodora, also known as Theopatra, a queen of the vineyards. Yeah. <laughs> great little, great little nickname that you've got going there. And we've all got uh, great stories. And the theme of what ties all of this together is Petite Sarah. So I think, Joe, we should actually start with you about how did Petite Sarah, I Love You, come about into being? And then we can talk about some of your members here and their wines that we've got tasting. Matter of fact, should we should we talk about the first wine that we're tasting as we we get it out here? What sure. do you how do, how do you want to do this? Yeah, you guys sure. decide. Let, well, uh, cheers, everybody. Cheers, uh, woo! There we go. Yeah, yeah. Always good to clink. Twenty twenty. We, we so got a whole yeah, bunch oh, here. Oh, yes. We've got You're these great wine. We've got great wine. We're going to start with. Um, the- Theodora Lee's uh, beautiful Theopolis wine here. Uh, and I guess we can get a little swirl and a little sniff going on, and Joe can explain to us how this all came about to be. Okay, so my first client when I started Diaz Communications mm-hmm. was Lou Fopiano. Ah, okay. Yep, and, um, you know, and I knew nothing about Petit Sarah. Uh, you know, Sarah, Petit Sarah, it's like, isn't mm-hmm. it all the same? Mm-hmm. And I found mm-hmm. out very quickly, no, not even close. Uh, well, somewhat close. Everybody was calling it a distant cousin, but when one parent, the male parent is Sarah and the female parent is Pellerson, don't call it a cousin, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the way my cousins were. <laughs> so how it started was Lou hired me, and, and now I'm learning about Petit Sarah in order to tell the stories of Petit Sarah. And uh, somewhere in there, he said, you know, I had a symposium once, and what the symposium was, I came to find out later on, was that he just invited a group of friends over, and they sat in his <laughs> lab where he had a table, and they all talked about Petit Sarah and how to make it better. But he, when he said symposium to me, I've set up events, so yes, I, made it many. In a, I made it an event. But when I started researching, I could only find uh, 62 growers and producers combined. Mm-hmm. And then we had the symposium, and I kept hearing, we need publicity for this variety. We need publicity for this variety. It, it pretty much, nobody knows what it is. Um, it's gone off the charts. 
we need publicity. And at the end of the event, I was very careful to not say anything because I had set it up and I didn't think I was anybody special when I had all these winemakers and growers. And as I say, about 36 people showed up for that one. So at the end of it, I said, you know, I'm going to say this because it, the, the Rhone Rangers had kind of come in to infiltrate to see if they could get members because they had just decided, oh, Petit Soir really is a Rhone variety. <laughs> I was like, well, how nice of you. So what <laughs> I said was, okay, I have one concern, and that is, ladies and gentlemen, if you become members of Rhone Rangers, what are they going to do for you? You're going to gonna go into a group, and you're mm -hmm. just going to be one of the Rhone varieties, mm -hmm. but I don't see you, right. you know, amplifying this. And one of many. Uh, one of many, and, you know, what had they done for Mubedra lately, you know, that <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> so uh, I didn't say that. Jose... <laughs> told my story to Jose when I got home and that he came up with that one. Well, what have they done from a bedroom lately? <laughs> so um, I, at the end of it, I had said, you need a single group. And, um, and one, of the, one of the people came up to me after mm -hmm. and said, tapped me on the arm and said, just start a group, dear. And I thought, oh, you don't know who you're talking to. When I was <laughs> seven years old, I'd gotten five cents from all my neighbors, the kids, right. for to pay dues to be in my club. <laughs> but, but, but Joe, all of that Girl Scout experience we were talking uh -huh, about in right. the first show, oh, yeah. you had it all set oh, there. Yeah. You were oh, ready to go. I was ready to go. So when I sent out the evaluation, at the bottom of it, I put, if there is a group, would you join? Mm -hmm. And anybody that came out of that and said yes, I said to Jose, build a site, they will come. Mm. And he did. He built the site for me. And the first check that came in, you know, Lou Fopiano allowed me to do it because mm -hmm. it was pretty shaky because he didn't really know me that well. And uh -huh. could I really mess up and mess him up? So he was like a little bit of trepidation, but Joe just did it anyway. <laughs> you plunged ahead, which I did. makes I a went, difference. Oh, we're going to get this done. And so um, then uh, Kent Rosenblum sent a check. Mm -hmm. God bless him. Jose, we're mm -hmm. on. You know, yeah. we, can, we got $300 here. We can build a website. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how that began. And, and it really had a high time when I had reached that point where I was doing dark and delicious. Where mm -hmm. we're, we're yes, wearing, we have these beautiful aprons that she brought. Dark, yep, we're all wearing a dark and delicious apron, a lovely parting gift for everybody to take home, right? Mm -hmm. So we did this, this event in Alameda, and it really built. It really got big. But... The Alameda, God bless the county, came in and said, oh, you're doing it here? Well, that'll be $3,000. And you were and like, what? And <laughs> I was like, uh, you just took any profit I had. So when I was told, it'll be so nice to see you next year, I said, oh, I think you just eliminated my group. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the members fell off because they really depended <laughs> on that one event a year. So I've had to slowly get it back, and now mm -hmm. we're doing an event at Copia, and I'm about to sign a contract in July for July 14th, and we'll go back to Copia because last Bastille Day. Yes, excellent. That's right. Last and year yeah. it was Bastille Day. It too. was, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it again. Very nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So, so it's come to this, and then it's because of these wonderful members that we have that support it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you know about. $12,000 a year does not make an executive director's salary. Uh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. But I still get that passion. I'm not ready uh -huh. to say, oh, somebody else turn it into I don't know what. I'm just not ready because I haven't done everything I want to do yet, which is to have people spell it correctly. 
Yes, that can be tricky because yeah. people get confused because Surah by itself is spelled with a whole Y, mm-hmm. not with an I. Right. But right. when it's Petit Surah together, it's spelled with an I. That's right. That's right. So, uh, and, and I had a very instrumental hand in having the TTB make mm-hmm. it a synonym because up to that point in time, Darif, mm-hmm. where Francois Darif crossed Surah and Pelerson. Mm-hmm. And Darif called it after himself, which right. a lot of guys will do mm. if they right. are in the process of having that clone. So some of them, and and I love Carl Domaney because he's kind of kooky, crazy like me. He decided <laughs> he was going to call it Petit Sarah with a Y. And so I'm talking to him <laughs> and writing a story for him at the time. And, and I said, oh, you, you did that because you were honoring the parent grape. He said, no, I just did it because I like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. So, and Stag's Leap set a standard way back when. So when he did it with a Y, then it really confused everything. And so I had to come in and try and clean that up. And I still see things c- come through to me and say, oh, I just can't wait to taste pizza raw with a Y. <laughs> and and I, I used to educate people, but I don't anymore because I will do it by having the members it on their bottle the ttb right. will not allow the wise anymore unless all right yeah unless Woo-hoo. unless they were grandfathered in hmm. so i had people with which is a whole other yeah, thing yeah, with the ttb oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, that is yeah. so so interesting because i mean i'm sure so many of us in wine you know we're always like oh the little you know the little nuances of like grammar and um capitalization like sure for something years title case and or years not. and years i had always capitalized varietals and it actually, the true and proper way to do it, which I found from one of our critics because they kept decapitalizing mm-hmm. a wine varietal mm-hmm. if it wasn't referencing a specific name of a wine, mm-hmm. it's actually proper to keep the wine varietals lowercase unless it's in reference of a place. Well, and then then the, the other issue, and Joe and I will probably be on the same page Poor on this name. one, is is it varieties or varietals? Yes. Well, varietal wine or varietal right. type of wine, it's an adjective. Mm-hmm. Um, so otherwise, if you're talking about the different types of grapes, they're varieties. Yeah. But it's one of those, yes. and this is where I mm-hmm. go back to my Bill Borum. It's one of those words that's on its way to nounization. It is. Yes. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> language yeah. evolves. So right. Right. Like, this is where we don't pick our fights, yeah. right, Joe? Yeah, <laughs> we, don't, we don't pick our fights. But for me, it will always be the variety Petite Syrah has varietal characteristics. Yes, it does. Bingo. (laughs) All right. There you go. There you go. go. And that leads us probably to the next step. Uh, Let's turn the mic over to Theodora Lee, founder, winemaker, vintner of Theopolis Wines out of Yorkville Highlands in Anderson Valley in Mendocino. So, and uh, she's got this incredible label and an incredible wine. Uh, Theodora, Queen of the Vineyards, also known as Theopatra, what would you like to tell us about this well, wine? Well, I first, you know, met Joe at Dark and Delicious in Alameda, <laughs> the last go. one <laughs> that was held, and uh, we've been friends ever since. I, too, didn't know about Petit Sirah, but when I bought my place mm-hmm. up in the Yorkville Highlands, I brought in folks to do soil tests, doing escrow to make sure I could grow right. grapes first. And then once we closed, 
I brought in Richard Thomas from Santa Rosa Junior College and his son, who worked mm -hmm. at a nursery, to come out and do environmental studies because I'm surrounded by fir and redwood trees. Right. So I can't grow cab because I don't have full sun. Mm -hmm. And I can't grow Pinot Noir because it gets 110 degrees. Ooh, it's not a little like too warm for them. Not the way out in Anderson Valley. <laughs> so they said to me, based on the environmental study, the soil test, that this would be a great site to grow Petit Terrain. And that's what I planted, and that's why I planted Petit Terrain, and I'm so glad I did, so I can be part of Joe's <laughs> I Love Petit Terrain, okay? Because, and I have fallen in love with Petit Terrain, not only because I grow it, and I think we make some pretty good wines, but everyone who has touched our grapes on our property has made award-winning wines. So it goes with what I've always said, great wine starts in the vineyard, Mm -hmm. And that little, small little vineyard has been producing some really great fruit. And every winemaker who has touched it has turned it into award-winning wine. Right. You've got you've got some best-in-class here in Actually, your portfolio. Actually, this 2013 Ooh, Petite is best-in-class. It was uh, listed in the um, Psalm Journal mm -hmm. uh, back in 2015 mm -hmm. as the best Petite Terrain in the world. So, um, Bravo. It, so it is, um, it, it, it has been a wonderful journey. As I mentioned before we went on the radio, I wasn't planning to be a winemaker and actually sell wine retail. I just want to be a grower. I'm a Texas. I learned to drive on a tractor at age eight. I love being in the farming <laughs> industry. And so I took courses at Davis about the four seasons of growing. I love farming. Okay. But now I have to do the farming. Then we got to get it in the bottle. Then we got to sell it, okay? Which part is the hardest? The hardest part is selling it. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. I mean, farming comes naturally to me. I have a consulting winemaker who helps in, in, in developing the wine. Mm -hmm. And my philosophy about wine is let the fruit speak for itself. We believe in natural fermentation. Mm -hmm. We believe in letting the grape speak for the wine. We don't do a whole lot of blending. These are 100% Petit Terrain. And, and they're all, and it's all from your vineyard, Absolutely. which is a mere five, five acres. acres. A mere five okay. acres. And, and quite frankly, I still <laughs> sell half of the grapes to other winemakers. How come is uh, <laughs> a, a vineyard in Mendocino that makes award-winning Petit Terrain from our grapes as well? And we, there are three people who make grapes, wine from my Petit Terrain. And we have these tastings at least once a year, and they are all different expressions. Because you all make it different ways. We, we make it a different way. That's fascinating. So let, let's talk a little bit about what's in our glass. We've been sniffing. We've been swirling. We've been sipping. Well, I've been sipping. Um, first of all, it's it's exquisite. Uh, it's very typicité, petit sera to me. Uh, it's a lot of you know, deep black fruit to me, notes of red fruit in there. Uh, there's a little, uh, there's a little chocolate going on in here. Um, it, the aromas on this are heavenly. Joe, you're ready to yeah, dive yeah, in I'm on this. Yeah, I'm ready to dive in because <coughs> the one thing I pick up from this, at first I got a lot of bl bramble berry. Right yeah, away. But bramble. Bramble, but what I get from it, and, and you will love this, is this is a very feminine wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's a feminine wine that's got guts. 
Like the winemaker. Yeah, I would say. Let's pull the mic over to you. I will say this is my most feminine wine of all the petites that I have bottled. My 2012 was not made with a plan. I was forced to bottle the 2012 Mm -hmm. uh, because I was stuck with eight tons of grapes from the buyer that was supposed to buy that 2012. Um, And so I bartered to get my first wine made, which was the 2012. It won gold at Sunset Magazine. This is the 2013, and this was planned from day one when we picked all the way until it went to the bottle. And I like that you say this is a feminine wine. And I will tell you, this 13 Petite is enjoyed by people who don't even like Petite Terrain. Because I have found there are people in the world who yeah. don't like Petite Terrain, yes. and they will tell you. But when I give them this, they mm-hmm. say, okay, I guess yeah. this is a different Petite yeah. Terrain. So it's yeah. very interesting that you said this is a feminine wine, because we're going to taste my 2015, and you're going to tell me that's a masculine one. <laughs> okay, that's, it's really interesting that you mentioned all those elements, because... Um, one of the things to me about feminine wines uh, that, that make, from my definition, makes a feminine wine is everything's very integrated. There's, there is no, it's not like you've got a, a dark cherry or a bing cherry that stands out um, or you've got blackberry that's, you know, sticking out there and that's all you get. It's all of these flavors are all integrated together and they travel through at kind of a very even pace in your mouth. You know how some wines... You can get it and you just, you get this big fruit bomb at the very beginning and then nothing happens or it just dissipates. This just keeps traveling through. This is like gliding through on a, a canoe on a very steady pace all the way through. With a beautiful sun. With a beautiful sun. With a beautiful sun. And it's got, uh, the tannins are supple. This is a 2013, so it's been maturing and aging nicely for a while. But the tannins are not, they're not gripping you. They're not in a death grip here, no, no. <laughs> which which can definitely happen with yeah, some. There's so much. There's usually so much tannin structure just in Petite Syrah yeah. because of the skin to fruit ratio. So like Theodora, the next nice. thing I wanted to ask you is, you have an absolutely stunning label here. <laughs> it's uh, it's a combination of Greek and Egyptian representation. Talk about the evolution of your label here. Well, that's a funny story. My name is Theodora. God given, my father was Theodore. My mother's Dorothy. So after 11 years of marriage, they married Theodora, Dorothy to Theodora. Okay. Very logical. I went to Spelman College and I pledged Delta Sigma Theta. And my line name, my Greek line name was Theopolis. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's what my big sisters gave me. And then when I planted the vineyard and several people came up from Hollywood, I had a chance to meet my childhood idol, Diane Carroll, who recently died last year. Uh, they were talking actress. about doing a reality show about you know this wild, wild, crazy person called Theopatra. Well, it's named Theodora, but they named me <laughs> Theopatra, queen of the vineyard. And that's how the name came about. And she kept calling me Theopatra. And I kept looking at her like, I'm a lawyer. So I'm like, what are you talking about? My name is Theodora. She says, no. No, that is your name and that's what you're going to be on the show the show never got off the ground because the lady unfortunately died from cancer uh but i my neighbors were there with us and one was a graphic artist so that was back in like 2012 Magic. okay mm-hmm. again i wasn't planning to bottle wine 
So 2012, I was forced to bottle wine. So two years later in 2014, when I had to actually get labels, go to TTV, get approval, all of that stuff, I went to my neighbor and I said, you design wine labels for all of the wineries in, you know, throughout Mendocino Valley, Mendocino. Why don't you do something for me? And so he presented me three labels. I had no idea he remembered Theopatra, <laughs> Queen of the Vineyard, but he did. he did. And he presented me the label with a image of Theopatra looking like Cleopatra. So just like uh, Cleopatra was actually born in Greece, mm-hmm. she went into Egypt and ruled. I'm a little black girl, a big black Texan <laughs> to be exact. <laughs> and I'm hoping to make a difference in the wine business. So the similarities, I think, are pretty unique. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got the name Theopolis Vineyards, and that's how I got the name Theopatra, and that's how we put all of that together in one bottle. <laughs> Well, it's a stunner. It really is. As is the wine in the bottle, both of which both of which are important to uh, to get there. So, really lovely stuff, Theodore. Where do you see your brand going in the next three to five years? Well, I am hoping to grow the brand mm-hmm. because I am a full time lawyer. So. I do wine as a side gig, okay? Mm -hmm. And as you said earlier, if you want to make money in the wine business, you have to start out with a lot more money than you have, okay? (laughs) And my parents were school teachers, so I didn't start out with any money, okay? (laughs) So I am still practicing law to pay my bills. But as we grow, last year, Whole Foods picked up our wines, our 2015 Petit Syrah. That I am working on trying to make more than a Mm one-off. It was a competition amongst all the Mendocino wineries. They submitted their wines. She picked six wines to be featured, and my 2015 Petit was one of that. She bought over 150 cases of wine, so that was a big deal. I just got um, a distributor in Florida, uh, Southern Glaciers, because there are a couple of restaurants in Miami that want to carry the wine. Fantastic. The way that I market my wine, I take one suit case of clothes and two suitcases of wine and wherever I go around the country I reach out to who I know I said throw me a wine tasting party introduce me to anybody that's in the restaurant business and I go and I suffer I have no employees I'm an employment lawyer I know not to have employees in California so I do everything myself You know, and considering that, well, with the exception of Misty, who is an employee of of St. Supery, we're all basically self-employed here. That's the smart way to do business in California. (laughs) I'm originally from Texas, and, you know, Texans are very upset because Californians are coming to Texas and bringing their liberal views (laughs) and their laws. Uh, And that's making them uh, unhappy. That's making them very unhappy. So, and that, and if you read in any articles, there's the highest growth populations in Florida and Texas because they invite business. They don't destroy business like AB5. Oh, so, the, so oh yeah, AB5, yeah. Okay, that's a whole other story. So, We're not going to get into that so on this th- So that must be why you're saying I got all those dirty looks when I kept my California plates and lived in Texas for two years. Ah. Wow, exactly right. <laughs> that's so funny. That That is very funny. And the other thing I was going to say that is getting very big in Texas, wine. 
Oh, absolutely. There, I went to law school at University of Texas in Austin in Georgetown, which is about 45 minutes outside of Austin. There are some wonderful, wonderful wineries making actually good wine. Also, down by Texas A&M, mm-hmm. uh, in the commerce area of Dallas, I mean of Texas, they're making some good wines. In fact, they have the Texas wine competition all the time. And I don't enter because they're going to give favor to Texas uh, <laughs> wines because I know how Texans think. But uh, it, it, it's absolutely incredible that there are co- some great wines coming out of Texas. Now, the one thing that I didn't say is back in when I was growing up, I didn't drink wine. And the reason I didn't drink wine because my dad used to take wild muscadine. I don't know if you're familiar with muscadine. It is Gross, nasty, <laughs> sweet, cough syrupy tasting wine. He used to take these wild muscadine. You mean this, uh, this would be like Benad- Benadryl? With sugar, okay? <laughs> and Ooh. that's what I thought wine was. So I yeah. did not drink wine until I moved to California in the 80s yeah. because I thought that was wine. And if that's wine, I don't want to have anything to do with it, <laughs> which is why I will never bottle a sweet wine. Which and what's fascinating to me is, you said the never the never word, and now you're a winemaker and a wine grower. Absolutely. So never vintner. say never and never say yes. always. Yeah. Yes, because we know your next wine might be a That's sweet a, wine. So <laughs> there you go. So I think you now it, you said it here. Now I think it's the perfect time, Theodora, for you to pour us the second wine from Theopolis Wines. Because um, you said this would be the male patisserie yes. from your vineyard that we can give a tryout to. And while you're doing that, uh, Joe, perhaps now's a little time to tell us of the the, the journey on beyond Alameda <laughs> for PSI Love You. Uh, how long has PSI Love You been around? Is it more than 10 years now? Well, yeah. I started in, um, so that one started in 2008. Two, yeah. Okay, so it is seventeen ish years, something like that. Yeah, and when, as I said earlier, when I started, it was 62, 62, 63 growers combined that I could rodeo Mm -hmm. for a symposium. That's all it was out there. Sixty-two in seventeen years, there are now over twelve hundred. Woohoo! Okay. And we thank Joe for educating, even though she says she doesn't educate, she does. does. Because the organization has grown, more people are appreciating Petit and we have you to thank. There you go. And and to see the wine writers that are writing about it now is very exciting. There are a whole lot more that, that it'll just, because I have a Google alert, so it'll (laughs) pop up and, you know, it's like... uh, Here's a great wine to taste with your grill. Here's a great wine to taste with, uh, oh gosh, I don't know. I mean, it's like uh, chicken. Hot roast. Hot roast. Uh, you know, cu- uh, chicken cocovin. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't think, but actually oh, yes. it yeah. would work. So, you yeah. know, we don't have that rule of red and white and, ch- right. you know, white should never be chicken. Cause I, I have mentioned awesome. frequently on this podcast that a favorite dish of mine in the winter with chicken is a chicken mole sauce because it goes great with petit sirah. So now we're we're into the male vintage here, the 2015. Correct. Uh, so Theodora, tell us a little bit about this. I totally get what you're saying about this now being the male 
uh, Patissera from your vineyards. Talk Absolutely. About this. 2015 was a big year. Okay. I mean, much, much of the fruit that came out of 2015 was big, uh, ripe, delicious. And this vintage is our biggest wine to date. Our 2017, which we just bottled, has many of the characteristics as this, but you have hints of chocolate. Basically, the fruit from 2015 produced a big, full-bodied wine. You have the plums. You have, you know, black anus. I mean, you, you've got a lot going on, and the complexity. But the good news is, and what we try to do is because Petit Terrain is highly tannic, yeah, it is. We try to calm it down. So it even is. though this is a big, big fruit chalked wine, the tannins are quite low. Mm-hmm. And again, this is a 2015, so it's had some time in the bottle. And these are the only two wines right to date that I can actually open and not decant. Although I believe in decanting all red wines. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this structure is just natural from the grape. And I, wow. I think it is one of the things, when I first bottled it, I came to your house. And I said, this is like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, because I had been drinking the 2013, and so. Very I, different flavor and so profile. so, di- totally different profile. And I trust uh, the Diaz's to tell me the truth. And I don't trust all people to tell me the truth. <laughs> um you know, and so I went to their house. I took them this bottle. I took them a 13. I said, this is a total different wine. What do you think? Because I wanted to know whether I should open it and serve it at my bottle release party. And you said, yeah, just decant it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. I think we should give it back to Jody. Answer well, that one up. So yeah, this is well, a very different it's wine. A, yeah, it's a very different wine. And, and I have just one thought with it, which is um, this one Yes, it has that masculine appeal, but it's still really approachable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like my grandfather came in smoking his cigar because I'm picking up that. (laughs) (laughs) Picking up the tobacco notes. Definitely definitely tobacco notes. And even though this is big and all of our wines pretty much going forward, our 2016 has a different profile because, again, the grape, the vintage, helps dictate what the wines are going to be like. I do try to make sure we use one-fourth new oak, mm-hmm. okay, and three-fourths neutral. And the reason we do that is because we do not want the oak to overpower the grape. The fruit is what people should be buying. Mm-hmm. And we want our fruit to the place. be the centerpiece of the wine. And that's our wine philosophy, very mm-hmm. simple. Don't do a whole lot of adjusting. Let the the, the, the fruit ripen. Mm-hmm. Pick it down. I mean, and in 2015, we picked it like 27 bricks, mm-hmm. and then we watered back because the fruit was just huge, and they, and and they were growing. And I, because I do sell my grapes to mm-hmm. other winemakers, we try to coordinate picking, and sometimes we don't agree. And if and if they have a preference, I defer to them because it costs me less money to pay one guy to pick at the same time than sure. to pick twice. Of course. So I defer. And in 2015, I deferred uh, to Paul Gordon, who makes some wonderful petite Syrah from Theopolis Vineyards. Can I ask, and, and do you know, uh, what seemed different about this growing year to produce such a very different f- flavor profile? I I think the heat 
The heat. I, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think it was the heat. It's a much hotter year. It was summer. a hotter year, and we had a lot. Yeah. We had a like like 2013. There was a lot more rain. Okay, mm-hmm. but 2015 we had a little bit of rain and a lot of heat, <laughs> and I think the combination of that made for a huge production and big big bowl grapes. Wow. It was well, hot. Is, it was hot and dry that year. Thanks, that was Mandy. our, our know, third year of drought. It was dry. It had been dry, but the yields had been so down the last two years that. And this was the first yield that really went up. Way yeah. up. Big, way it was a big year. And you see it in cabs. You see it across. It was a big. It was a big was year. A Everybody was year. scrambling for yep. tanks, tanks. You know, in space. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that that Joe just pointed out. The name Petit Syrah is so ironic to me because the wine. <laughs> it's an oxymoron. Grapes, it is not little. Yeah. It's, it's everything. <laughs> it's the opposite of Petit. The Petit Syrah grapes may be tiny inside, but they are bursting in flavor. Mm-hmm. So this is fun. Um, Mandy, you, you were chiming in about the, the grower. I was kind of wondering what your impressions were. Because uh, you are also a big petit Sarah advocate and yeah. producer, and undoubtedly yours come from someplace else and are, are different. Yeah. Y- anything you want to share about your impressions so far about Theodora's petit Sarah here? I think these are both beautiful wines, and I particularly like the 2013. And to me, this tastes like a petit Sarah from Mendocino County. I, for several years, got some petit Sarah from more closer to Hopland. But I think with these, I guess you would call them more feminine, you get... You know, we talked about the blackberry. We talked about, you know, the chocolate and everything. But Petit Sarah has many layers. And I think that part of the education is getting people with more of those ethereal characteristics. And some of those come out in the 13. And I would say those are more things like carob, cinnamon, sage. And there's just, there's a lot of layers of complexity there. The Petit Sarah can get. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes in these more delicate styles, you can really get that out. And yeah. I like that. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Theodora, do you, do you have a wine club? Do you have a? I do have a wine club. I don't have any great name for it. I just call that's it Theopolis <laughs> Vineyards Wine Club. Well, we, that's pretty we simple. We do <laughs> two shipments a year because I do fill the orders. I pack and ship. I do all of that things from my house. Uh, we have three levels of membership. We mm-hmm. have the bronze, which you get three bottles twice a year. We okay. have the silver, where you get six bottles twice a year. We have the gold, where you get 12 bottles twice great. a year. We generally do shipments in November doing before the mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving so right. people can have the wines for Thanksgiving and buy gifts for the holiday season. Right. Then we also ship in May. That's our second shipment so that we can get the wines out across the country before it gets too hot. You don't and, want them in the trucks. <laughs> exactly. And we don't ship generally in the winter with wine clubs because sometimes yeah. uh, it gets too cold. So November and May are our wine club shipments. Uh, with the bronze membership, you get 5% off all year long. With the silver, you get 10% off all year long. With the gold, you get uh, 15% off. I've been asked to increase uh, the number of wine club shipments, and I say you can buy in the interim, but... Um, right, exactly. Until, Nobody's holding, holding uh, you back. <laughs> un- until you know we have enough volume um, in sales... We're just going to do two year two two shipments a year. We have sales throughout the year, um, you know, offering free shipments. Right. Uh, so go on our website at theopolisvineyards.com. Sign up for our mailing list so you can get notice of sales that include free shipment. 
and that is something that people on the East Coast love. They watch out for that because yeah, the yeah. biggest impediment to our sales outside of California is the shipping costs. Right. It, it is tricky. And again, for listeners, if you didn't get a chance to write it down or take notation, theopolisvineyards.com. T-H-E-O-P-O-L-I-S. There you go. Vineyards.com. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. people often get Theopolis wrong. Yeah. It, well, yeah. It, again, we, we talked earlier about spelling challenges <laughs> and fun stuff. So I got, I got one more thing for you, Theodora. What are some of your favorite foods to pair with your wines? Well, being a girl from Texas and liking Southern food, <laughs> oxtails. Oxtails. Oxtails okay. go beautiful with the petite sirah, even the more feminine version or the masculine version. Also, being a girl from Texas, I like me a good old ribeye steak. Uh, okay? I was going to say. And let me put it like this. I grill a ribeye steak and I drink the petite alongside and I make sure I also marinate yeah. that steak in the petite sirah, and that is a great combination. Ooh. Now, I'm not a chocolate lover, but a friend of mine, you know, um, our friend in San Jose who helps you out a lot, she took my petite sirah to a chocolate uh, company mm -hmm. and had to make some chocolate um, bars. I, well, I Infused with your petite sirah? Infused with my petite sirah, and that was an excellent combination, <laughs> if I have to say so myself. And I don't like chocolate. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I have to say one thing that uh, to me that this would go with in the chocolate line would be Fran Gage's flourless chocolate cake recipe. And if you uh, then put a dusting of powdered sugar over it with raspberries and vanilla bean ice cream, you will have died and gone to heaven. With one of these Theopolis Petisseries. In, in fact, a chef in Houston did the exact same thing because before, <laughs> when I started out, I started out with just Petit and I do a white wine called Symphony, which mm -hmm. is a very amazing grape that was right. created by Professor Omo at the University of California, Davis. And, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of varietals. He served this with a, a dish, a, a chocolate cake. Mm -hmm. And then he put bluebell vanilla ice cream with it and, and drizzle raspberry sauce, <sighs> honey. I Man. even had to enjoy that one. <laughs> and we've got a wine dinner coming up in two of them in Houston next month in February. Oh, yeah. so. All right. So if so, when if folks are interested in signing up for that winemaker dinner and learning more, they can just go to theopolisvineyards.com to learn all about it. And while you're talking about all of that, and I'm salivating, I'm thinking ribs. <laughs> yes. Oh. Absolutely. And I have to take the mic back now because <laughs> I make some fabulous ribs. Uh, I mean, Texas ribs are not like St. Louis ribs or North Carolina or Memphis, but we make some succulent, mouth-watering ribs, and that also goes. And as, as Joe and Jose know, I have a huge harvest and bottle release party <laughs> at the property. And what do we have? We have ribs. <laughs> we have chicken. We have potato salad. Oh, have my. Green salad, fruit salad, and unlimited house wine and beer. And then we taste through all of our wines. Nice. And that's usually in September. So sign up so you there get you notice of our bottle release party with a live R&B band. Keeps you on the dance floor Ooh. all the whole time. And kids, 
come and it's friendly and they can swim. Just don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't and don't do them together at the same time. Right. Not a good plan. Yeah. Well, this is absolutely delicious. And I want to make sure now we got to shift over to Mandy Donovan now with Marisi Wines. Yeah. Um, also uh, a Petit Sarah producer. It isn't the only uh, variety of wine that you produce, but we're focusing on the PSI Love You wines right now. Mandy, uh, we should pour we some should of pour yours. Some, yeah, you can, sure. or, or you can have somebody else pour for you. It's very difficult, yeah. I know, to to juggle Here, microphones, speaking, and pouring at the same time. It is well on beyond the whole head padding. Uh, and yes. uh, here, I'm reaching for the the the, the spit drop yes. bucket. Here, there we go. Hope I got it. All right, I'll let you Thank pour you. that, Theodore. Oh, now look at this. All right, there you go. You have it straight from the vintner's mouth, unfined and filtered from Theopolis. But here we go. We've got uh, Marissi. Yeah. Uh, so the the Caravaggio story is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and I don't know much about your background. Do you ha did you have an arts background or were you simply fascinated by the paintings of Caravaggio? Tell, tell yeah. us the story about how this all came about to be. So the last name is Donovan. That sounds too Irish. Or it sounds too much like whiskey to put on a wine label, right? Oh, so, <laughs> oh, so that that was part so, of your decision making. Okay. So Caravaggio is a personal favorite. Okay, um, and it's Italian. And it's Italian. And, and Italians are associated with right. wine. Okay, I got it. And I <laughs> had the opportunity to work in Italy um, in Chianti Classico and um, went around and actually got to experience. He's one of the few um, artists that are is still accessible in public art. You know, you have Bernini's elephant in the square in, in Rome. And then mm -hmm. you have, you can go to three or four several public churches in Rome and see Caravaggio's art. And I loved that appeal of approachability and accessibility. Important in mind. And he was a personal favorite because he was very distinctive for his period. Came at the, it's not supposed to be an art history lesson, but he came at the end of the Renaissance, right? During the, you know, these golden, gilded Jesuses and the smiling Marys right. and it all looked wonderful and everything. And. He said, well, I don't think that's how it probably really looked. And he drew drew the pilgrims, you know, with their dirty feet and bare feet. And right. you know, he saw with a focus of light, he just focused and said, this is probably what it really was like. And it drew you in. And that, and that and was, was one believable. of the, right. And it was one of the big differences that took place having right. taken my art history class. Yes. Is, is going back is there was not exactly lifelike depictions going on it no. was an evolution through it the was. renaissance and caravaggio exactly. made a leap forward exactly so you made a leap forward well, Mandy. So, <laughs> right and, and so my background's more from the inside out approach i'm a trained winemaker mm -hmm. i had an agriculture background fell into the wine industry ended up getting my degree in it and i was the winemaker said i'm never going to do my own brand why you know i do this all day and the, you know when i started it was when everyone was starting their side projects and they were said, what about you? And I said, absolutely not. Well then, you know, never say never. <laughs> and uh, one day somebody approached me, a friend who was a grower approached me and said, hey, I have some extra fruit, do you wanna play with it? Well, sure, sounded like a good deal and I did it. And then um, I actually grew up drinking Batista Raw probably before I should legally say I was, but my parents drink, you That's know, okay. collected Nobody's wine. gonna arrest you. And, and I, <laughs> I grew up on Fopiano and I grew up on Rose and Bloom and all these great Petite Raws. And so then somebody else said, hey, Diener Ranch in Lake County has some Petite Raw. Again, heard, are you looking mm -hmm. around? Do you want to, and I can't say no. So I said yes. 
And this, you know, rum, I had had Rumbauer's version of this wine. I said, oh, I can use that fruit. That'd be amazing. I didn't know there was any available. And now my brand's seven years strong, and this is my seventh vintage of making the Diener mm-hmm. Ranch Petit Syrah. Congratulations. And away we go. <laughs> and, and I have to say... Uh, a completely different flavor profile yes. from Theodora's profile. Yes. So again, here is a reflection that Patissera, although it's it's this very specific biological yes. variety, um, wherever it is planted, it comes up with a completely different uh, expression yes. because I'm getting not, o- not only the red fruit, but I'm getting a lot of bru- blue fruit mm-hmm. and I'm getting some cassis in it and juniper mm-hmm. uh, in here and a little... Maybe a little anise. I'm not sure if that's the right note. Anise. Yeah. 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 So very cool. And again, all very integrated uh, flavor profile here. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of travels through the the mouth with a lot of um, uh, just a lot of different notes taking place. A tannin structure that is uh, it's strong, meaning it's going to age a long time, but it doesn't overwhelm any of the fruit, any of the spice notes. Very cool. Well, and I think it speaks, it's very distinctive because of its place, right? So this is, you know, one county or one and a half counties, I guess, over from Mendocino. Mm -hmm. Just to put in perspective, it's, you know, the Red Hills. So southwest corner of Lake County, about 2,000 feet up in elevation. So it's a very distinctive style. And I think that speaks to the strength of Petit Syrah, really, and is its flexibility, really. You know, we know the coast now is good for Chardonnay and Pinot, and we know mm-hmm. that, you know, Napa is really good for cabs. And we learned about the rich history of Petit Syrah, but I think it speaks to the future. I think it can grow it in the foothills, Mendocino, think, Monterey. For, and, for you yeah. guys, don't you think that you're going to see a lot more Petit Syrah coming along? I think with climate change, with everything getting hotter, yeah. uh, Cabernet is not going to do as well in Napa Valley for a long time. Oh, Joe's ready with a comment. The Petit Sarah loves so much heat and does so well with it. Right. Um, first of all, uh, it's a, this is a very elegant wine. It sure it's a is. very beautiful, elegant wine. And because I have that, that super palate, where I taste just one thing and then I have to go through the layers, it's a little challenging. It's not It's not fun to be a super palate, people. <laughs> when somebody says you have a super palate, it's not a compliment. Just know it's, that. It's, it's harder for us to sort harder. out uh, yeah. where the flavors are and mm-hmm. which ones are hitting first. It's yeah. well, the, a the panoply all at once. Yeah, the, what I, you know, instead of the melange, what I, I get hit with is one thing first. Then I can break it down. So I'm going to say blueberries. I'm from yeah. Maine. We have wild mm-hmm. Maine blueberries. Uh, that's all I want is <laughs> wild Maine. I've got the great yeah. big fat ones out here that mm-hmm. have a lot of water. I'd rather have the concentrated. That's what you've got. You've got like a really um, focus for me in the blueberry and then everything else you've mentioned with anise and all the spices. And it's beautiful. Come in. It's beautiful. So congratulations awesome. on that. Very Thanks. Really? Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Thank and you. Mandy, what do you like food-wise? What do you like to pair with your patisserie? Well, again, I, I think just because of, you know, growing up around here and also my training, I like to make wines that pair with things locally. Sure. And I think it goes really well with duck. I think it goes <gasps> great with wild boar stew. Cassoulet. Mm-hmm. I, I think for the vegetarians, like a, a mushroom ragu with polenta, something kind of rich and um, more earthy characteristics go really well. So mm-hmm. I, I still think it's a flexible wine. And I think that 
speaking about Cabernet, I think a lot of people who think they like those young, big, bold Cabernets should really give Petit Syrah a try because it has so much complexity. It goes with such an array of foods, and it ages well. It yeah. ages beautifully. Yeah. And, and um, another point that I wanted to make when you were talking about all this wine and global warming, um, I did a wine trip to, an, as a writer to France this past uh, July. And what I learned is they're talking, the winemakers over there are beginning to talk about Petit Syrah. Why did the <laughs> French reject Petit Syrah? It's because when it grows, the berries are tiny, and that's mm -hmm. the petite. The flavor is not, so never evaluate mm -hmm. it that way. So you get these tiny berries with concentrated <coughs> flavor, but the berries, what, what has happened with that cross-pollination of them, mm -hmm. not pollination, but the, cross, the crossing of them, is when the berries come out, and I'm taking my fists and I'm putting them together. and I'm The clusters two, are very tight. Two, two fists coming on top mm -hmm. of each other. When you take a cluster of Petite Sera and you look at it, there are the berries inside. Mm -hmm. They're mm. all tight. Now, okay, so you they're got big. France. They're big. big. They're big and they're tight. And if um, there's rain, mm -hmm. which Europe is known for having mm -hmm. rain in right. their season, mm -hmm. and it rains, it, they're so tight that the water goes in between all of these berries but when the sunshine comes out, they can't dry because right. they're within the cluster. So that equals bunch rot. Yeah. So the, f the French were like, oh, we're not touching this. Mm. You can get it out of here all you want. And all of a sudden, they're looking at it again and saying, well, you know something? We had a lot of sun this season. Mm. And we had, you mm. know, if we had an occasional rain and then the sun came back out and dries it all out, maybe we want to reconsider Petit Syrah. Because guess what? The Americans are doing something with it. We are the country that grows the most petite Syrah grapes. Are we really? Yeah, we are. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah, we are. We do about 11,000, 12,000 uh, acres of it, uh, 12 or 10, 12,000, whatever, tons of it a year, where it's not happening in the rest of the world that okay. way. They might have a couple brands that do a few barrels, and a barrel equals 24 cases. So if they've got a few barrels, they're less than 50 cases a year. This is a winemaker's wine. This is it's a winemaker's it's wine. It's really stunning. Winemakers love to make this wine. And it's also, you know, for listeners who may not have been out in the vineyard, it's a stunning variety to watch grow and develop um, because it's it's big in the vineyard. It grows big clusters. Yes. It's got a big leaves. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. When they desiccate, they get beautiful shades of red and orange yeah. and yellow. Yeah. Um, it's just big, big, big. Uh, one thing, it's not a Tintorier grape. So it's not um, it does it's not that the pulp is also right. it, it so that is not what it is like a uh, Alicante Boucher is right. a Tintorier grape where the pulp is also right. uh, red so it's but it's still getting because of the the ratio um, having been very small grapes you've got a small amount of pulp to a relatively equal amount of skin. Um, whereas other types of varieties are going to have a lot of pulp to a small amount of skin ratio there. Right. So you don't have the same kind of color coming through that you do. These all have just the most stunning color to it. You've got um, some really nice um, ruby, deep ruby garnet colors to them. Uh, uh, and, and around the edges, you know, it gets a little, it gets a little lighter there. But this, the structure is going to have it 
hold together for years and years. And I bet it's really fun for both of you to see how your wines evolve as they age. It's it's always so much fun. It, yeah. it really is, especially the 2012 for me, which was my first vintage of bottling. Mm-hmm. And even though it was a mistake, I go back and visit that and I see that it is even better Time today has, has been yeah. nice to it. Yeah. when we first bottled it back in 20, 2014. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing about Petite that I think people don't recognize. Everyone thinks of a cab and aging that. Mm-hmm. But Petite only gets better with time. I mean, most of these wines drink their best mm-hmm. 10 years, yes. not one or two years. Right. But most people in the United States, at least my friends, mm-hmm. they don't want to sell her wine no. that long. They want to drink it right away. Right. And I'm like, okay, go back to some earlier vintages and drink those. But lay <laughs> right. these down and let <laughs> right. them age. Well, well, well. But... That's part of the education process. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, so, Mandy, I want to go back and make sure people know, do you have a wine club? Oh, we don't, but we just sell online. There you go. Yep. It's really easy to yep. do that. So the website is? MauriciWines.com. All right. M-E-R-I-S-I. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so just to draw back to Caravaggio, his real name was Maurice Michelangelo. Maurice de Caravaggio, or so that was the town he grew up in. So his real name is right. Maurice. So, so if just you, to draw it back, yeah. yes, your little uh, the I Italian hints, like when you go Da Vinci, right. Da Caravaggio, right. names are always first name, last name of the town, town that they came exactly. from. Yeah. So Caravaggio so, was yeah. the originating town, right? Mm-hmm. And that's I, even though that's what we, we know his name by now. Right, he was you know, right. Michelangelo from Caravaggio, exactly. but Michelangelo, Marisi. Right. right. As, a, as a writer, I'm going to speak as a writer now, not the <laughs> Diaz communications or the petite syrup, but I'm gonna, as a writer, wine blog, um, the one thing that you mentioned that just caught my ear was that, well, this really isn't art history. When I'm writing, yeah, I go to every historical factor I can find so that when I'm retelling the story, I bring in really intriguing, uh, I would mm-hmm. hope, for readers to see something. I want to see them beyond the glass and the wine, uh, the, the, the wine in the glass. I want them to see what I call terroir mm-hmm. is everything from the, from the environment to the soil to the people and the culture who have developed it in a certain way that is different than where it's being developed somewhere else. So to bring in mm. that Italian mm-hmm. art, thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. And I, and I, you know, I get your reasons, Mandy, for going Donovan, not exactly, right. <laughs> you know, a, a name right. that makes people go, is this a wine name? And, right. you know, cause uh, people, people, you know, you think all across the U S you think Iowa, we, right. We had the, mm. the debates, you know, last right. night on the air, uh, so the rest of the country goes, okay, Gallo, Sebastiani, these are familiar names to right. them from history of wine in the U.S. So it's harder when right. you're creating your own brand sure. to do those things. And that gets me to the next point, which is we try to talk a little bit on the podcast about challenges to women or just challenges sure. to your launching your own brand and business. This sure. is not easy to do. No. What, what do you want to tell people about I don't know, some of the lessons you learned or advice you would pass on down to women who might be listening who are considering jumping into the wine industry? 
get ready to hustle. <laughs> <laughs> Great I mean, advice. Yeah. It is a lot of hustle, isn't it? And it's a lot of hustle and it's one of the most important things you need that sounds that I actually think is associated with hustle, but it sounds contradictory is patience. There's so much patience involved with this whole process from when you're first planting the grapes. Then you got to wait three years to get <laughs> decent fruit. Minimum. And then you, you know, then you got to time the pick, and then you got to barrel age it for two more years, and then God willing, you and when you can release it, you can sell it, and then that's a couple year process. And a lot of that's in your control, and so much of it really isn't. You can steer, you can anticipate, you can guide. We're, winemakers are really just guides, mm-hmm. right? And then it just takes a lot of patience with it because you got to give it time. You got to give your vineyard time to evolve and mature. You got to give your brand mm-hmm. time to evolve and mature, and you got to stay with it. And you mm-hmm. got to keep hustling and. And yours is a slightly different model because you're not making wines from your own vineyard. I'm not, you're no. you're reaching out to find vineyards that match the kind of profiles right. that you want to uh, incorporate into the wines right. that you want to make. So, so different yes. model. Well, it's a different model, and obviously because I don't have access to my own vineyard. But I was a winemaker, and someone said, "Do you want to start your own brand?" And I said, "Absolutely not." But when I did, I said, well, well, you know, cab was my world. That was my day job. And like so many winemakers, I was like, well, I want to do something that I find interesting and stimulating. And so I chose near alternatives. Everybody was doing Chardonnay, so I chose Pinot Gris because I think it's a beautiful food wine. Everyone's doing Cabernet or Pinot. And I said, well, I think Petit Sirah is really a good heritage grape and has so much flexibility with sites and stuff. So I chose those things mm-hmm. um, purposely you know, for those reasons. And I chose the name to steer it towards authenticity. You know, we both started, you know, seven, eight years ago when everyone's talking about bigger is better and bold. And Marisi Caravaggio is synonymous with authenticity and the real story, natural winemaking, you know, little manipulation. And fortunately, that is more common or, you know, more talked about. But 10 years ago, eight years ago, people were throwing the word terroir around and it had nothing to do with it. You know, all the blending and the fining, and you had no idea where they could say where the vineyard name, but didn't have any distinctiveness to it. Very cool. The one thing in terms of terroir for Petit Sera, Mm -hmm. I don't care what area it's in, Mm -hmm. it adapts. It does. That's all. It adapts to the terroir, so you have all these different flavors coming from all these different regions. Right. It's not like... So you can have something limestone-y, but another place might be more basalt-based. One is more clay. One is sandier. It's it's not going for, what did Robert Parker like about Cabernet Sauvignon? So that's what I'm going to do. It's not like that. Right. It's every, it it is uh, a chameleon. That's what it is. I don't care what terroir it's in. It becomes a different flavor. So mm-hmm. if you're going to have a Paso today and a Napa tomorrow and a, and a Lake true, County a and, and, and you know, Yorkville Highlands, get ready for different flavors. Right. 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 And, Joe, I know you've talked about in your blog recently about how y- you have distinct memories of uh, things that you've tasted and somebody sa- has said this is from France and you've been like, wait, this tastes like ca- California xyz whatever it was this year like going i know the terroir this can't that can't that doesn't make sense i had four samples that arrived they were winter whites Mm -hmm. and i've thrown a fifth one in because (laughs) i had one that arrived that was that fit the category (laughs) and so you know i tasted it i i tasted the french wines i came across the the other that is from uh monterey area Mm -hmm. and it's like Whoa, you know, when I tasted that one, that was not a French wine. 
that I knew that one was California, so I was kind of like mm. blind doing it, and I looked, and it was like, okay, oh, yeah. we're I did okay. Monterey area. <laughs> I knew that wasn't it. There's a style that comes out of France. There's terroir that comes out of France. Mm. When I talk about terroir, I talk about, you know, these guys have been on the land since the Middle Ages, you know, the... Mm. Yeah, I went through one vineyard where the Knights Templar. Oh my lord! Yeah, in France, uh, the Knights Templar had that piece of property, uh, you know. So I'm like researching Knights Templar. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, well, you know, they were all monks. Right. Mm -hmm. They were all monks. That's right. They were all monks. But they decided if anybody wanted to go to the Holy Land on a journey, that they would protect them, which meant monks had to learn how to kill if they had to. And they had to be very good bankers, because that was another well reason why people all, used the, well the, the Knights Templar. Yeah, the very good bankers were mm-hmm. what collapsed them. I was like, you're <laughs> <laughs> spending too much money. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's that much history that goes into a bottle of wine, and that's what turns me on. And it's also a mnemonic for remember. Mm-hmm. It's you know for remembering sure. what mm-hmm. happens with any particular vintage. Mm-hmm. So very cool, Theodora. Anything you want to leave our listeners with before we finish in terms of your your surprises as going into business as a vintner and winemaker? Well, it's not for the faint of heart, <laughs> uh, for sure. You patience is critical in all aspects, yeah. but also I think you have to not be afraid to speak. There are so many winemakers and vintners who just want their wines to speak for themselves, and they're not willing to come on a radio show, or they're not willing to talk about the wines. They're not willing to go out there and hustle. If you want to sell your wine, you got to be willing to talk to everybody you got to be willing to go to tastings and talk about your wines you've got to go into retail stores and do tastings for free so (laughs) people can taste your wine love it and get the store to carry your wines you really have to be willing to make this your life uh before i planted my vineyard i tried to have kids and i wasn't fortunate so these are my babies these so, are your babies. So, there you go. So just like you go to ballet lessons and football <laughs> games and everything to support your children, you got to look at your bottle of wine as your child and do whatever is necessary to make sure that it grows up to be a yeah. strong adult. That's right. You're right. That's it. That. <laughs> I love that. And Joe, what about uh, a strong, supportive advocacy and organization uh where do you think p.s i love you petit sarah i love you uh will be in three to five years in supporting this beautiful grape oh it's gonna grow because i've got that event going on yeah (laughs) it will grow because of that but i'm taking it on a course for heritage right now this coming year for me it's all about heritage this is an american grape you know, Bastille Day? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. You know, this is an American <laughs> grape. The French gave it to us. They didn't want it. Now they're rethinking it, and God <laughs> bless them. And they're probably going to be surprised in a yeah, few years. Yeah, yeah. They're, you know, but, but with a changing climate, they mm-hmm. might be able to pull it off over there, and we've done enough to support them mm-hmm. doing that. Uh, but I really want to get into the heritage of it, um, who first planted it, what they did with it, you know, I do know that it was a jug wine way back when. Right. You know, I do know that it survived prohibition. 
right. uh, where other varieties did not, but something magical about that variety to buy prohibition. They would send mm -hmm. little, con they would send dehydrated grapes in a little the bricks. brick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It, that yeah, was the way it was done. To Chicago. And they would say, do not add, and they would give the amount of sugar. The exact recipe. The, yeah. the exact <laughs> recipe and say, don't do this because a wine will ensue. Right. You know. And we can't have that during Prohibition. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. So it survived. It's a survivor. And, uh, and I, like, um, I like stories that no one else is bothering with. <laughs> there so, you go. Yeah, Bring so, it to light. You know, You're very champion, good at that, Joe. Champion of the underdog. You know, take it on. Make it happen. Well, let's let's have a little cheers, Lane. All the champions of the underdog <laughs> wine, patisserie. <laughs> Although I don't know how. Cheers. A great um, now American grape. Mm -hmm. uh, and if folks, if you want to learn more, first of all, go to the P.S. I Love You tasting event at Copia on Bastille Day, July 14th of this year, 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, you can also sign up for the mailing list at... Well, I have to create a mailing list. <laughs> 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 well, we were talking Sorry. earlier about the challenges <laughs> of an underfunded executive director position. Oh, yeah, that's, that's okay. Like, yeah. So my, yeah, my sailing list... Sailing mailing list is on well, my sailing list. You'll go to the <laughs> website for <laughs> P.S. I Love yeah, You. My mailing list would go to uh, info at PSILoveYou.org, and then it comes to me, and I manage whatever comes in as it does. Which is good, which yep. is not, not, not too bad to no, deal it's with. Not a, it's not a busy job, <laughs> but, but it is one that keeps me thinking about how can I continue to tell this story so that people are curious enough to do something with it it's all about curiosity right. i like curious and people. you can follow on instagram uh mm -hmm. ps i love you is uh on instagram yes i think it's i love you underscore petite underscore sarah and uh, as we said before mm -hmm. uh you can go to either joe diaz wine on on instagram yep. or uh jose diaz photos mm -hmm. uh and people can actually them. keep up with the winery on the mm -hmm. home page it's PSILoveYou.org. There you go. Uh, I started PSI, I started WineBlog.org because I'm a marketer and I looked it up the night before and it was available wine-blog.com and the next day someone else on the backside <laughs> saw that one and decided to buy it. So the next day I went with wineblog.org because I'm pretty organized. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. That's how that one works. Yeah. Very clever. Yeah. Very, yeah. very clever. Very easy to find. Mm -hmm. Marissi Vineyard, Marissi Wines. Yep. Is it mercywines.com? Dot com. There you go. All right. That's how you find Mandy Donovan's wines, including her great Petit Sarah, but that's not the only one. And Theodora Lee's wines are found at theopolisvineyards.com. You can sign up there. You can purchase at both places. Uh, you can also sign up for the wine club at Theodora's site. Uh, you can also go to Panel Wines, where we're at right now. Panelwines.com. We're in the loft, uh, in the private tasting room in the back, which is a nifty little space where you can watch the big game or the big Oscars, depending upon you know what you want to do, uh, and have a private tasting back here around this beautiful big wood table that we're sitting at right now. You can also go to com. You can find uh, Misty there, uh, but also she helps sponsor this show uh, through St. Supery. 
appreciate that, Misty. Yeah, we're launching some fantastic initiatives. We have a great sustainable seafood tour that's going to start this spring. So check out. Very cool. And uh, listeners, we're going to be back uh, next week with another show. And uh, Misty and Lisa, who uh, is on assignment this week, and I will all be at Zap, Zinfandel Advocates and Producers, uh, recording shows there with all the Zap producers, the Zinfandel producers, as well as the Viticulturists who will be on the seminar there. So we'll have uh, a couple of shows about that coming up. We want to thank you for tuning in and listening. We very much appreciate that. Be sure to subscribe, comment, share to your social media channels if you've enjoyed the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you, ladies. And thank thank you you for having us. Woohoo. Thanks, everybody.